Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast. I'm Sam Rosenberg. Today is Tuesday, October 9th, 2018. I got Shaka on the podcast because we've got some good news. We've got some bad news from this past weekend. The Jets won pretty convincingly. The Eagles laid another egg and looked like dog shit as they lost to the Vikings. But, uh, I mean, Shaka, just, just come right out and say it. First reactions after this Jets win, man. What are you thinking? I'm still upset that Linval Joseph is faster than Marcus May. Yeah. It's really upsetting. Really upsetting watching Marcus May run back an interception and get tackled at the one-yard line. But yet somehow Linval Joseph rumbled and stumbled 300 pounds all the way into the – he was getting separation from some of the guys chasing him. He looked fast. If he was running at me, I would be scared for my fucking life. Dude, get out of the way, dude. That's like, oh, God, that's a monster coming your way. Big man can move. He did, dude. He nearly had that. T- that Mays nearly had that touchdown too. I mean, I think I started the Jets D in one of my leagues, so I I could have uh, I could have benefited from that touchdown. Look, honestly, I really think if the Vikings are having some deficiencies at running back, you should really give him a second look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You th- you think he'd be a big a big addition? You know, because I will tell you what, if you if you look back at Linval Joseph running, the minute he's got the ball in his hands and he knows he's got an open lane, I mean, the separation speed was. I I I'm still laughing. Not even it doesn't matter who they're playing. It just was funny to watch a big man hump it because they never get an opportunity to score touchdowns. So, it was it's, good for me. It's, it's a special moment, and then the it's always coupled with that moment of them sitting on the the bench like guzzling oxygen with a face mask on. <laughs> I mean, I can the think of uh, there was a Reggie White touchdown when he was on the Packers that like Brett Favre came up to me. He's like, oh, man, oh, congratulations. God. He's like, oh, I can't breathe. I remember when I was a kid and I was watching football, the first time I ever saw a guy with oxygen on the side, I didn't realize what it was, and I thought that. I was like, oh my God, they have to rush this guy to the hospital? <laughs> Not realizing that it was just, no, he's catching his breath, literally. No, no, no. They got 100% pure oxygen in that thing. That's the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing. I had no idea. You see someone with an oxygen mask on, he's like, you know, he's, he's headed to that big, you know, coffin in the sky. But not realizing, no, no, it's fine. This is kind of st- standard for alignment. No, he's just a huge man who doesn't run that fast super often. <laughs> so, Jets laid the smackdown on this Broncos team. Um, you know, I've got some thoughts. Like, I, I kind of... I don't want to diminish the Jets' victory, but I think we are learning a little bit more about the Broncos and that they're yeah. they're a little kind of out of sorts. They they ripped off two exciting wins to start the season against the Seahawks and the Raiders, but, I mean, they are fading a little bit. It's a little hard to figure out where they're strong, you know, what exactly they excel at. But, I mean, let, let's get away from that. Let's just talk about, you know, for the ups and the downs that we've seen from the Jets so far with Sam Darnold, you know, I think – when when the highs are there, they're there. I mean, he put on a show against the Lions in week one, but then it's clear the youthfulness, the the rookie mistakes are coming out in some of the losses they've had. But this game, it really felt like we saw, you know, what the future could hold on a week-by-week basis because some of these passes by Sam Darnold were not just blown coverages and looked good. Some of them were, I mean, that second touchdown to Robbie Anderson was was pinpoint. pinpoint. He fit it right through the keyhole. And so, yeah, that was on the money. I mean, my goodness, there was a lot to be excited about. So, give me, give me some of the takeaways. I mean, were you more excited about Darnold's pl- uh, throwing, 
or maybe the fact that the the Jets were able to just run all over the place. What what really struck your uh, what really stuck out for you? I I think I'm I've got a kind of evenly meted out, evenly spread satisfaction with. I, I mean, and this goes not just with you know the offense itself was really the coaching staff this time around looks like they were really you know ready to take some risks. Mm. I wouldn't even call them risks to take some opportunities. Actually, getting Sam Darnold to throw the football down the field was it's something, you know, even once in a while, just to, to take a shot. It looks like they were very calculated. Those two touchdown passes to Robbie Anderson, I mean, were just finally, like, one, Robbie Anderson, welcome. To, welcome, welcome back to the to the team. Yeah, I mean, the, the first week I think he had, or there was a stat that said his first four games of the season, he had 108 yards total receiving. I mean, he crushed that this game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think one was that they finally said, you know what, like, we have nothing to lose. Our schedule going down the rest of the season is going to be absolutely hellish. Let's just see what we have here, you know, on the table. They gave Robbie Anderson a chance. Terrell Pryor got in on the action. Dude, league. Terrell uh, Pryor. They, with a, That was a nice touchdown catch by Pryor. Yeah, it was. It really was. I mean, look, Robbie Anderson ended with 123 yards of receiving in this game. Um, on just big plays, big plays. That one, that one first touchdown where he just outran the defender, and as soon as uh, Darnold picked up on the separation, just a uh, perfect pass to him, and that was just a foot race the rest of the way. I really, really like the fact that you know the, the Jeremy Bates finally opened up the offense, um, and Darnold looked comfy. That's the other thing. The offensive line was, uh, I want to say, if you had to put on an alphabet grade, they were eight. I give them an A plus if they stopped a couple sacks, but this is also the Broncos we're talking about here. But Darnold looked so comfortable in the pocket, out of mm. the shotgun, you know, on the drop back. He really—I don't think he was worried so much about the blindside blitz as he has been for the last couple games. Just really had time to do his reads, um, pick out a receiver. I still think he leads a little bit too much with his passes, especially in the red zone, kind of keys in on guys a bit much. But I, when it, we're talking about throwing the deep ball, he looks like a fish in water. And that was kind of a relief to see that the Jets do have the ability to, to take some shots, to take some risks. Because they really haven't had a quarterback in years who's been capable of this. Even with Fitzpatrick, that was very prone to, you know, interceptions. So that was my first takeaway. I, I was really, really impressed by them opening up this air game because it, it, it allowed for Darnold to get comfortable throwing that deep ball. Finally. I mean, and I think when you talk about a rookie quarterback actually playing, um, you don't want his confidence to get rattled by, you know, getting blitzed too often and just, you know, getting rocked. And I think one of the things that makes him feel at home is let him do what he's been good at, what you drafted him to do was to make. And that's what he did at USC a lot of times, just throwing bombs to guys. He's very, very comfortable at doing it. He's, he doesn't need a lot of practice with that. He just needs the opportunity. I mean, I was imp- um, I was impressed with some of those passes, and then to say it again, that second touchdown to Robbie Anderson, I mean, he fit it right where it needed to be. Same thing with the touchdown to Terrell Pryor. I mean, if anything, those were more impressive because, you know, one of them, he clearly needed to fit it into a very tight window, and then yeah. the second one, Roby Coleman. I mean, that's a red zone moment where he really needed to kind of get it to Pryor, and, you know, Pryor finally actually showed why people have been giving him money the last two years. Yeah. I, I want to measure my, my optimism a little bit just to say Darnold was 10 of 22. So I, not yeah, because in drafted. some regard, I, I mean, how well did he really throw? Because we're, we're raving yeah. about these touchdowns, but, I mean, he, he only threw the ball 22 times. And I, I want to measure, like, you know, kind of 
kind of taper it back a little bit just to say that there were opportunities, you know, um, in the in the deep passing game, but in the short yardage, they still had a bunch of hiccups. You yeah, know? Uh, um, uh, Quincy Anunwa with the most targets on the team and no catches. Yeah, which was shocking to me. There was one deep pass that I was pretty upset. It was actually another deep touchdown pass to Anunwa. To Anunwa. It would have been a touchdown, but it was missed. It was a holding call as uh, Anunwa got away from one defender. He was double-covered. He got away from one defender, and he was one-on-one in the end zone. And I don't remember who the defender was, but he basically just grabbed Anunwa's jersey and dragged him back. So, one, the pass was a little over Anunwa's head. It touched his hands, but that would have been a, a, another 10-point touchdown. And mm-hmm. the draft totally missed the uh, pass interference call on that. Mm-hmm. So that would have been his only catch of the day. But I was really shocked, too. It's five targets, no touch, uh, no no catches for Anunwa, which is kind of an aberration, but I think we'll – trying to get past it. And I'm imagining that the Broncos also really keyed on him, double cover, and they had a game plan coming in to shut the new one down, and they were effective in that. They just weren't effective at any other kind of coverage whatsoever, deep-wise. Can you see the Jets running on teams like this again? That is a great question. You know, I, you know Isaiah Crowell, part of that was, you know, some great holes open up by the offensive line, some really bad miscues on uh, the Broncos' defense. I think they... I think the Jets took advantage of the the, the the eagerness of the Broncos to get into that backfield. You know, there were a couple plays aside from that, but the, you know, a lot of the um, a lot of the offensive plays and sets were just to to kind of trap the linemen when they were coming into the blitzes. By the time they realized what was going on, they were already behind the play. Yeah. So if anything, they're trying to chase for all down from behind, which is you know tough to do. It's, He's a pretty much a downhill runner. And you can see even when he's making his cut, even he's shaking himself out of his boots. So um, Crowell did a great job, though, I think, of making full advantage of the opportunity because I think the Broncos are a little over-eager. And it was one play that stood out to me. I think it was going into um, halftime. It was a blitz package on uh, Darnold, and he let it come to him. He let the blitz come, and at the last minute, just threw a little dink and dunk over their head to uh, the tight end Tomlinson, and he, he gashed him for 12 or 13 yards. And I think the, the Jets were expecting a lot of blitzes on this, and they really game plan to kind of take the pressure off of Darnold. So I think it's a combination of the two. I think the Broncos got caught off guard, and they just never really came. They never went to the locker room at halftime and came back out with a little bit more of a measured, you know. I think they were just over eager. You're playing a rookie quarterback, and you're going to try and get as much in his face as possible. And it just didn't work this game. Which that's one sign of optimism. Now going forward towards the rest of the season to see if anyone else is really still trying to do the same thing. Is it going to be as effective, or is Donald going to keep learning and taking advantage of these opportunities? So it's still a big question mark going down down the line. It feels like I I feel like I'm seeing some growth. I mean, I think that a win like this is is definitely a big step for Donald. I'm sure he made you know he clearly made some mistakes in the game, but. You know, he still, again, every time, you know, I don't want to say each of these games is a mixed bag where it's good and bad. I mean, he usually shows some real poise, some real, you know, there's usually a beautiful throw in every single game that he's had. And I think he's growing with every single game. And I'm feeling optimistic. I certainly feel more optimistic about him than, you know, I don't know about Josh Allen yet. I mean, Baker Mayfield's a hell of a quarterback. That guy is, that guy, I can totally understand why he went number one. Um, but Darnold, I do feel like this growth is there and 
you know, I got to admit, I think this team and the talent around him is better than I was initially giving them credit for. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know if I thought this much of the offensive line, but it's been playing great. The run game is complimenting him. And, you know, the more comfortable Darnold gets in throwing the ball, the more you can open up Robbie Anderson. I mean, Robbie Anderson really was a non-factor until this game. And once they were able to get him the ball, I mean, my God, he was dangerous. This was the guy who led the team in targets and, and, and receiving and everything last year. I mean, it's really exciting. But you think about it, really 10 completions, pass-wise. They got a lot out of 10 completions, three touchdowns. So, I mean, I, again, I, there are reasons to be excited. I will say, I, again, I'm still really kind of at hold of a reserve. I think personnel-wise, and this is long projecting, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the team is like with a solid, you know, pass-catching tight end. Mm. really break up the field a little bit. Um, again, this is a long-term projection. I'm really curious to see if they're going to get out of Leggett because they like him. And I think if they give him some more looks and they feature a little bit more in the offense, we can see the future. But for right now, I mean, look, Robbie Anderson, and granted, you look at Robbie Anderson, he doesn't have the build of a number one. He doesn't look like a DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he doesn't look like a Sammy Watkins. He doesn't look to be built in the mold of like a, a Stephen Diggs. Mm. But, you know, it, there's been a few times I think teams have underestimated his his uh, playmaking ability, and he, he burned quite a few defenders, you know, in the last two seasons. So the, the talent is there. I just think, one, Robbie Anderson's probably going to need to grow up a little bit more, maybe off, off a little bit more in terms of smart route running, you know, actually running the patterns, and, you know, just being mature. And at the end of the day, I, and I think Darnold, Donald said, he said it himself, that it's going to be fun to watch this team grow for the rest of the season. Mm. So I think he's enthusiastic about it, and he's ready to be a leader. It's just a question of, can they keep up this consistency? Can they, you know, minimal penalties, turning the football over? I think there was one interception on Donald's part, and that was a, a pop, uh, that was a tip ball. Yep. You know? So yeah, I, I, that, that was not his fault. Yeah, so not anything in terms of poor pass-making decisions. And it was one fumble, and that was the beginning of the game. Yeah, that was early. Powell. It was Powell. I mean, that was and that guy. Powell does not fumble the ball that much. That was no, not yeah. I think he's. I think that was his first fumble in almost a thousand touches, which is crazy. But you know, again, look at the the the, the difference it makes when you play turnover free football. It really, really, you know, it, it piles up. So uh, again, the, if we can keep some kind of consistent, um core going forward I, I, I'm we can stay in every game we can be competitive we're still going to have some shortcomings in terms of you know offensive potential Bobby Anderson is still a project to me with a lot of potential a lot of burner potential you know I still have my up and down just roller coaster of a ride when I look at Terrell Pryor in terms of the physical gifts as opposed to what he actually physically presents on the field he could be a monster of a player if he r- runs his actual routes if he you know, puts a little more time into practice. Lindsay Newell is already a known product. He's great. Um, you know, Curse is a known product. He's great. We have the, the you know, a, a one-two running back with, you know, Tandem and Crowell and Ball Powell. The, 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 the pieces are there, Sam. And the defense, the defense, I think, played with more energy just knowing that the offense was putting points up on the board. The defense came out and they looked like they were feeding off of that all game. I, com- so I completely I, I agree. Really I mean, I think we're... I mean, I really feel like there's a lot more to this team than we give them credit for, and at least what their record shows. And it feels like they're rising and falling with Darnold right now. It's just gonna be, I, I think it's going to be a fun ride. I'm going to have 
obviously weekends where I, you know, I hang my head in frustration. But I think for the most part, just to see every weekend a little more validation and saying Darnold is the real deal. Darnold's the real deal. Like, you know, he's stand up to adversity, you know, he's getting knocked down, he's getting back up. You know, he only took one sack this game. One sack. Um, and just making smart plays. Like, everything's not there. He's not Drew Brees yet, mind you. But, you know, there's definitely not a scared rookie playing out there every weekend. This weekend, they play the Indianapolis Colts at home. Who wins this game? Look, Colts' defense is an absolute mess. I watched that game against the um, the Patriots. Yeah, they're pretty and, banged up. Yeah, they're just not super healthy. Um, Andrew Luck is always going to be, you know, just a, a competitive, you know, never count him out of the game type of quarterback. So it's going to have to be kind of the same formula going to this game against the Broncos. The offense is going to have to come out and take advantage of opportunities. I think just that run game, look at the, what kind of pacing a good, solid run game sets. And again, I have to give Crow credit. The offensive line opened up holes for him. And yes, the Broncos seem to be a little out of sorts. But Crowell, I mean, just, he gashed them. There's yeah. a lot of aggression, a lot of hunger. There was some, some good patience, I think, hitting the holes in this game as well. He really made the most out of it, didn't try to force anything. Let's keep this up. Let's keep this going, man. Um, I think if they can get the running game established, they can take apart that off. Uh, excuse me, that defense. And you know, Andrew Luck. They had a lot of injuries this past against the Ty Hilton was hurt. Um, and I mean, they really had forced to rely on Eric Ebron. Yeah. To, to really taste that offense. So I, I think if they they come out here and they have an aggressive game plan and just kind of clamp down on the guys that Indianapolis puts out there. I mean, Naeem Hines is great, but, I mean, the fact that he's putting up such numbers is just a, a fact of, like, they don't have the personnel to run a good offense. And, you know... I mean, the only thing that I think about is luck. Like, I just think Andrew yeah. Luck is... is He's the type of guy where in the fourth quarter, in, he's going to make it a game. I mean, that's that's yeah. the feeling that I have. Like, I think that'll be a... T- He'll, the Colts team, this Colts game will probably be more of a test for Darnold than this Jets team than the Broncos was. Like, just because I think Luck in that offense, as inept as they are, his offensive line's better. And I feel like, you know, I don't know how, but in the fourth quarter, Andrew Luck just figures out ways to put points on the board. And maybe they don't win the game, but they at least make it close. Yeah, I think we can get to him, man. He had four sacks in this game. Leonard Williams was a beast in the backfield. I've already told you guys how I feel about, um, to pick up Henry Anderson, uh, I think we have the, the personnel to really get to luck and rattle him and kind of disrupt the offense. It's just, again, going out there and being consistent, putting everything into, you know, into motion. We have the parts. Now we get to talk about my Eagles. Hmm. Philadelphia Eagles lost 23-21 to the Vikings. It was a home game. Um, the score is considerably more deceptive than how close the game actually was. Um, it actually felt kind of close early on. Um, however, the Eagles really, I mean, they figured out ways to shoot themselves in the foot and give the game away multiple times. Um, th- this was a game where even when it was 3-3 or 6-3, or to it started off with Dan Bailey, the former Cowboys kicker, missing two field goals for the Vikings. So, number one, the Vikings' field goal kicking woes continue, but number two... This was still an opportunity for the Eagles to stay in the game. 
And they couldn't really get things going offensively. Run game was not very effective. Um, they were playing um, without Corey Clement. Corey Clement was active, but he didn't play. Um, Jay Ajayi looked fine. Fast forward a day after the weekend's over, Jay Ajayi has torn his ACL in the game. Um, yeah, I think he might have torn his ACL after he fumbled the ball in the red zone. Um I saw that, and I wasn't really sure. I, I saw that play, and I was like, is this the one where he, he he looked a little bit awkward on the ball, but he was still scrambling to go after the football after the fumble, so I wasn't sure how bad of an injury it was. I think he might have hurt himself later in the game, actually. Um, okay. But it, it was really everything. I mean, for, for all the excitement that you saw the Eagles kind of had against the Titans last week, Alshon Jeffrey coming up, I mean, it really did not happen this past week. They, Eagles defensively, cannot stop the passing game. Thielen and Diggs, it, you called it, man. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They were able to throw the ball all over the place. Um, you know, even with good coverage, Cousins was able to put the ball exactly where he needed it to be. Um, you know, the the Vikings didn't really have much of a run game, but they didn't particularly need it. I mean, whenever both of these teams... I think came into this season with a lot of talent. I mean, this was the NFC Championship game match uh, rematch. You know, they both had a lot of talent. They both had a lot of high expectations. And both of them have come into this season stumbling a little bit, specifically on defense. Because I heard one of the talking heads I listened to on The Ringer, Robert Mays, he really nailed it. He said, I watched the Tennessee Titans this week be completely unable to move the ball against the Buffalo Bills. Which was quite a contrast to last week when the Tennessee Titans looked like world beaters moving the ball against the Eagles' defense. Which now starts to ask the question, well, how bad is this defense if Tennessee is able to move it all over the place on Philadelphia, but then they struggle against the Bills? So, I am i don't think the front seven is, is atrocious for the Eagles, but I do think they've lost a little bit of speed right now. As they're, I really think they're missing Timmy Jernigan. And I think that, you know, Haloti Nada didn't play in this past game. Derek Barnett didn't play in this past game. Yeah. And I don't think Michael Bennett is over the hill or he's bad, but I'm just, they're not getting the same pressure like they were last season. And when they are getting pressure, you know, they're not able to get after the quarterback. And the quarterback's able to get these passes off, and he's able to kill the Eagles where their defense really hurts, which is their secondary. I mean, Jalen Mills has always been up and down. But last year, he was mostly up. Right now, he's mostly down. Ronald Darby, yeah. who's been fantastic, you know, who always had some warts to his game, especially last year, has come out... Re I mean, he's been burned a couple of times. There's been a few passes that have been really bad. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins has been playing great, but he can't do everything. I, I think he's been they're... burned a couple times, too, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, against that Titans team... I mean, there were times in some of the closing game-winning drives for the Titans where Malcolm Jenkins was the only guy making plays, and then he would be the guy who got the horrible penalty that kept the drive going. I mean, so, you know, he's playing out of his mind, but at the same time, you know, he's not immune to mistakes either. They're still really missing Rodney McLeod. They're they are really missing Patrick Robinson, that number five, that slot nickel corner who they had who went back to New Orleans. I mean, these are guys that they're just missing. And then you come back to the offensive side of the ball. Offensive line is not playing well, okay? Lane Johnson has let up multiple sacks this year. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's been playing not as well as he was last year. Um, 
the left guard, Stefan, was last year they started Isaac Sayamalo, who's this, you know, second, third year offensive lineman uh, at left guard. They benched him to put in Stefan Wisniewski because Sayamalo didn't play well. This season, they started with Wisniewski. This past week, they just went to Sayamalo. So it's telling you they're having problems on the offensive line. They can't protect Carson Wentz. Then you couple that with the fact that you got guys dropping balls, you got separation is not happening. And, you know, now. Now that Jay Ajayi has got a torn ACL, I'm hearing that they're actually talking about trying to see if they could trade for Shady McCoy. I mean, they're trying to bring LaShawn McCoy back at this point. Um, So the Eagles have issues. Um, The things to be optimistic about is it's still early in the season. They're only two and three. And they're playing in an atrocious NFC East division where the best team, the, the number one team right now is the two and two Redskins. So... There's a lot of things going their way, but this is definitely not the world-beating Super Bowl champs of last year. At least they're not there yet. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, as you've clearly already heard, but I want to get a few thoughts from you. Now, how worried should we be about this Eagles team? Do you feel like this is something that they can turn around in about two or three weeks? Or do we really feel like... You know, this might be a Super Bowl hangover where they finish seven and nine and end up looking back on this season saying, you know what, we got to run it back and just try again next year. What are you seeing, Shaka? I think, uh, I think really, just at the end of the day, and we, we talked about this a little bit last week when we were wondering about the bounce back. I think at the end of the day, it's just, they're so short staffed, man. Personnel is just a real, real issue right now. Um, mind you, also, Jason Peters, I think he had to come out of the game for a while, too, um, and bye bye. Replace him on the field. You're right. If I remember. You're right. I can't. I think I started watching this towards the second half, but I mean, there was just there was a moment too when, man, when we talk about Adam Thielen and Stephen Diggs being so probably the best one-two fucking combo, good. Just take your pick. How do you want to die by the gun or the sword? I mean, they just were all over the secondary, and there was one point where I saw Jalen Mills jawing with Adam Thielen after he was already over 100 yards receiving, and I, and Thielen was. I, some reason fired up and John back and Fletcher Cox had to come over and push Jalen Mills off the field and mm-hmm. Jalen Mills was John back at Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the two of them talking cooked. on the sidelines afterwards. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Well, you know, Jalen Mills is getting cooked out here and he's talking shit. So I, there's, there's definitely some some frustration, I think, on the defense part. They know they're not, you know, performing up to par here and it's, it's, the cracks are starting to show a little bit in the secondary. So, I, I think there's a little bit of a reason to be concerned in terms of, you know, teams trying to find find an anchor point, especially on the defensive part, you know, because there's nothing you can do on the offense in terms of just, look, Jay Ajayi's down. Yeah. He's not coming back for the rest of the season. Nope. Wendell Swallow has done a pretty solid job of filling in and being that kind of, you know, double-headed threat in terms of catching and running the football. But I'm – Still a little bit hesitant to say that he's a, a you know a full time carry the load kind of back, which is why they're out here looking at you know Shady McCoy again. They're looking at God. I can't believe they're actually considering trading with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I doubt that'll happen, but I mean, I, I don't think so either. But it's you know it's out there. They're looking at um, God. Who, who else did I see in that report? I think I saw Amir, Amir Abdullah. What? Uh, potential. I, I I know. I, I can't believe. It. I don't remember. It was, yeah, I think it was Amir Abdullah as the potential trade. You know, option. So Man, that's a desperation know. move. That's just like them understanding that exactly they need to the get. Word I'm 
Like, like they, they understand they have a stacked roster, and this is not yeah. something where it's like, all right, let's cash our chips in and just wait out the rest of the season. It's like, no, we need to get somebody in here right now because we still have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a little bit scary, man. I'm looking at another one, Mike Davis from the, the, the Seahawks. Ooh, they, I mean, I don't see why they want to give up any running back. They've, they've, they've got a carousel that's been going on at running back for like the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. So I don't see where they have really the ability to uh, – I saw Tevin Coleman also on that list. Of Dude, potential trade I players. would love so Tevin Coleman. Great. But, I mean, it's just – there's a lot of ifs. There's, I mean, part of me is sort of of the mind of, I feel like their defense has been winning the games for them, but yet also the defense is kind of the culprit because that's the, that's where they've been getting burned. Part of me feels like if they're going to turn this thing around this season, it's got to come from the offensive side of the ball. The offense has not, now listen, the defense hasn't been performing as well as they did last year, but in some ways, I mean, yeah, it's their fault, but it's also like you know, their teams are scheming against them and they're bringing everything they got. The thing that's disappointing right. is this offense. You know, they were able to conthir- convert third downs with their eyes closed last year. They were able to draw plays that teams were not ready for. And right now, that's not happening. They're not protecting the pocket. They're not getting, you know, Wentz does not have enough time to do what he needs to do. They're getting into third and long situations often. And whereas last year they were able to convert them, now they can't. And so the defense is now on the field longer. And you're getting to a situation where, you know, you want to get a sense of what what this team looks like with a struggling offense. Look at weeks one and two when Nick Foles was the quarterback. That's what you're working with. You're working with a guy who is going to do his best, but he's only going to move the ball so much. They're going to get a lot of field goals. They're not going to be able to get chunk plays down the field and actually get into red zone opportunities. I mean, the Eagles have not been particularly good in the red zone, and this was something that they were able to do last year. I mean, I think that you got to get Wentz more comfortable with the receiving core. He's got to get a better running game in there, and the offensive line has got to step up. If I think they can do that. I think that over the next four weeks, if this offense goes from averaging, say, 20 points a game, which is what they've been doing. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I can, I'm going to take a look, but I'm pretty sure they scored 18, I want to say 21, 20, and then uh, 23 against the Titans and 21 against the Vikings. That give you a, that's how much they're scoring. I don't think they've ever scored more than 23 points this season. They need to get back to the place where they're actually hanging 30 points on a team. You know, they need to be able to score four touchdowns in a game, which was something that they could do last year. Until they get to that point, they're going to keep going into these last-minute play games where essentially, yeah, they'll eke out a win against a team like the Colts, but it's going to be on you know, a fourth down pass in the red zone where essentially you've got to bat it down to win the game or else you lose. And and now, I, I and think, let's remember, they're two and three. Who have they beaten? The Falcons and the Colts, both one and four yeah. teams. I mean, you know, you put this into perspective. I, I haven't really thought about, yeah, I mean, really the competition they faced and the, the wins they've racked up. It's a little scary here, man. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's gonna be rocky. And listen, I, as an Eagles fan, I can understand. You know, I remember when they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand four, two thousand five. They finished six and ten. You know, and they bounced back in in two thousand six. But it was, you know, Super Bowl hangover can be a very real thing. I, I think you're right, and I mean, definitely the. I mean, that Titans game to me 
as as well as the Titans played, that was uh, a game I think probably more important to the Eagles' season. And they realized just in terms of the schedule that they have coming down the pipe, you know, and, and holding on to a division that looks seemingly wide open now, it's 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 pretty scary. I mean, just how quickly. We hands can come off the wheel. I mean, you want to talk about divisional. So they have, the Eagles have their first divisional game this Thursday on the road against the Giants. One in four yeah. Giants. Who do you think is going to win that game? And I mean, God, is this I is mean, this a fucking must-win kind of game? Same, the Giants are kind of in the same. You know, I'm I'm thinking back to that just muffed punt against the Panthers, where just the Panthers fell in the football in the end zone, and I was like, of course, the Giants. The Giants are resorting to damn near everything in terms of desperation themselves. We have. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. throwing touchdown passes for for the team just to get you know to stay in the fight and still end up losing on a field goal at the end of the game. Oh my god! So the Giants are going to come in just as hungry, I think, as the Eagles are. So this is going to be. I mean, you're going to see two teams who are you know fighting for all. I mean, I think if if the if the Eagles have any chance of saving their season, this is a must win. I I think for both teams because if the Giants go to one and five, I mean. You can already start writing off this season. The Eagles go to two and four. I mean, holy fucking shit, this is going to be bad. And and I mean, there's going to be people wanting to like, you know, burn things in Philadelphia if that's the case. And also, this Giants team is not good. It's very similar to last year. I think it was like week three. The Eagles were something like it was like there was a Giants divisional game, and it was kind of like this is a big win for them because if they win, they kind of get ahead, and if they lose, they get behind. And um, I mean, I think this. I think it's a game they can win. I think the Giants are a weak enough team and have enough problems that the Eagles can pull out this victory. But at the same time, the Giants, I mean, you know, for as much shit as we give them, they're pretty explosive offensively. And we saw that in the fourth quarter against the Panthers. I mean, they have that. And I've seen them do that against the Eagles as well. I mean, last year, I saw Sterling Shepard have 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Eagles. And, you know, Eli Manning threw 400 yards and still lost the game. You know, there's no reason to think this is not going to be a... A, a, a grinded out game where even though, you know, it might be 10-10 going into the fourth quarter, the final score might be 26-24. We can always say that. I mean, the Giants, for me, textbook ineptitude on defense especially, they, they, can, they can put themselves in the hole very quickly. When you look at the division as a whole, I mean, we can say kind of the same thing, just a question mark. And this is just a moment of levity because as, as kind of – Woeful as things are for the Eagles right now, the whole division is a fucking mess. The Just Cowboys so bad, so bad. Really, they're not really standing out above the crowd, and Jack Prescott looks more and more suspect. Oh my god! Every game goes on. I mean, dude, I, I'm just gonna say it now. I don't know if he's gonna get another contract, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really know what their options are. They they really kind of left him out the pasture because even for me to criticize him, I still don't really know what his full value is without having a good number one. And Cole Beasley is not that by, by, no. by mile. No, he's not. So there's a lot of question marks. The Redskins got absolutely demolished um, last night on national TV. Yeah. And they looked they looked lifeless. They're, winning, they're, they're leading that division. They look lifeless. Yeah. So it, there's a lot to be, you know, there's a lot of question marks. That, that division, as far as I'm considered, all these teams are 0-0 right now in the conference, with the exception of the Giants. They really, I mean, they should be on top of the standings right now in terms of the, the competition they face, the games they just kind of squandered. So I'm, I'm really, really thinking that the I'm, Eagles, let's say two weeks, 
because they've got the Giants next weekend, and then are they playing, they, are they uh, they play, I believe they play the Carolina Panthers after that. They play the Panthers. Yeah, which is going to be another huge game, and uh, then they play the Cowboys. Correct. Well, sorry, the um, the Jaguars. Correct. They, ha- they and the that Jaguars, Jaguars game is in London. Ooh, which is not good for anyone involved in that. No, but I mean, just talking about the, the, the Eagles, they're going to really need. Like a good two weeks. I, I I don't know about you, but how do you feel about this uh, picking up on another running back situation? Who are you eyeballing ideally? Because CD McCoy might fit. He's still got some life left on like you know those thirty year old tires. But I mean, listen, I I don't know if he's the solution. I don't think he can stay healthy for the rest of the season. I mean, the prospect of a Tevin Coleman sounds very exciting. I don't know if very they could. Young still. I don't think they could swing that trade. Um. But at the same time, I mean, I almost get the impression that this Eagles team could just continue to work it with a committee. I mean, I could I could see them sticking with Smallwood and Clement, and, and hopefully you see some Darren Sproles come back. I mean, Sproles hasn't played yeah. since week one. And then, you know, we'll probably see some more of the Josh Adams. Um, I mean, I have a feeling that the Eagles might be more content to do that because they might feel more comfortable working with those guys who know their playbook. Right. And I'm very curious, because I mean, Darren Sproul is not playing. I mean, I'm wondering how, how much that hamstring is still actually bothering him I mean, to not get any kind of feature time. I mean, at this point in time, I, have a, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the majority of the season. That one of those things, you know? And Zach Ertz, I mean, has been just... Zach Ertz has been one of the few bright spots. I mean, I mean, when Carson Wentz was actually able to throw the ball, he was throwing it to the tight ends and the running backs, period. Yeah, so I mean, a part of it for me, I'm thinking, as well as Zach Ertz has played, I and Alshon Jeffries had a couple shining spots. I, I'm wondering how much of it is, you know, these these defenses clamping down on, you know, Aguilar, or is it just these guys really need to step up more and kind of make themselves a, a little bit more of a target on the offense? It's I know the offensive line is not giving once enough time to drop back and get a good deep look. He's thrown a couple deep passes that been Chris, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I feel like I cringe a little bit more than I feel optimistic about the deep throws. So it, there's, there's got to be a little bit more. I think the offensive line at the end of the day has got to be the one thing to kind of put all of this together, mm-hmm. just to really kind of, they're going to have to tighten up a little bit, and it's going to be really, really hard to see how that works in the next two weeks. No, I agree with you. I think the O-line performing poorly is one of the sort of sneaky reasons why they're not doing well. One of the things we're not talking yeah. about all that much. Okay, before we get out of here, got to talk about the Rams. 5-0, and Los Angeles Rams. This was a team that could not move the ball anywhere a couple of years ago with Jeff Fisher as the coach. Now they can't not score 30 points. Um, they actually had a hell of a game against the Seahawks. Nice divisional game. I actually find that that division, those teams in that division play pretty well against each other. The Rams, even with their ineptitude, always had a way of playing well against the Seahawks, even in Seattle. And we saw that. Seattle was really pushing them around um, at home this past week. And then, you know, it was like a storybook moment. It gets down to the wire, and, you know, it's fourth and one. And uh, Sean McVay calls a one-yard quarterback sneak to Jared Goff to seal the game and win. So the Rams have been doing brilliant things, burning down defenses, putting up points. I mean, they are clearly the toast of the league right now. 
I mean, them and, and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. But the thing I really kind of wanted to highlight is a couple of things came out. Is they is Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, uh, Cooper Cup both left the game with concussions. Um, they were still able to throw the ball to their replacements and their backups. But then again, they also let up 31 points to the Seahawks. So part of my question is it's so easy to anoint these teams that are just playing so perfectly this early in the season as just magically amazing. But I wanted to ask you, what are sort of the cracks in the armor that you see with this Rams team? Because they're not going to, I don't think they're going to go 16 and 0. And I think that they do have some issues that sooner or later a team is going to expose. What do you think is yeah. coming out? I'm honestly surprised still. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to have to go back and look because I didn't get a chance to watch this game. Um, but that the fact that the Seahawks were able to hang 30 points on them, period. Yeah. It's been tough for good teams to do that to them at all this year. And when you think about this, the, the, the nightmares I would have if I knew I had to face against Indomitian Sioux and Aaron Donald every single snap. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 that front push is enough to make me want to wet the bet. So I'm really surprised that uh, a team like the Seahawks with a, a very porous offensive line was able to get up there. Mind you, you know, um, Doug Baldwin had one catch yeah. for the entire game, yeah. and, and they still were able to hang up 30 points. Tyler Lockett is great, but he's a deep threat. I you, mean, it's, you know, and I've been, one of the things I noticed was uh, the Seahawks were running the ball a lot. That was something yep. that really, like, Russell Wilson, he threw three touchdowns. He never even went over 200 yards. Like, they were really punishing this Rams D uh, with the run game. Yeah, I, I don't, I really, I'm really, and that might be something to look into because you're asking me again, what is the, the you know, the, the crack in this armor? And I would have I would have never once said it was the running game because yeah. even I watched the, them play the Chargers, and the Chargers, you know, Granted, they have a pretty nice um, one-two combo in Melvin Gordon and uh, that kid Eckler. Mm-hmm. Eckler has been a revelation for them this year. Yeah, he really I has. That was just, He's Danny Woodhead I, 2.0. I yeah, exactly. I credited that to just a good one-two running back combo. But maybe that is the one way to kind of to, to get underneath their skin. I mean, the only I other thing I'm worrying that. about is that Akeem Tlaib and Marcus Peters are not well. Tlaib, I think out for the is he, they, I think he's out for the season. They're saying he might be back for the play, uh, the postseason. Yeah, but that's that what the, I think they're hoping that. Loss. That was a big loss for them. Um, but look, uh, I mean, I I I feel like we're going to see some more issues with their defense. I don't really yeah. know if they're going to have problems offensively because... Not at all. I mean, I feel like it's another year or two before the rest of the league really starts to catch up with Sean McVay's brilliance and what he's doing. Um, but they're not immune. I still think... About, I know it was a year removed, but this is still the same Rams team that lost a home playoff game to the Atlanta Falcons. And sure. I know that they have a few different personnel, and I know that this is another season where they're just you know a little bit more... you know familiar with each other but I see a team or two here or there probably hanging too many points on this Rams team and you know it might just turn into shootout after shootout after shootout I mean this Eagles team even when the Rams knocked out Carson Wentz last year Eagles still won that game and I want to say it was like 42-35 like the Rams D for as frightening as it is sometimes they let up points more points than I think they should that's a good point um Actually, I'm looking at the schedule right now, now that we mention it, and I don't really see them running into a potential... Dude, and you know what? I'm looking, at, I'm looking at their schedule right now, too. Here's what they've let up. First two games, they let up 13 points and then zero points. 
And then they let up 23, 31, and 31. Mind you, that Chargers game is the game where Talib got hurt. I, I saw him roll his ankle in that game, and I didn't think it was a big deal until later, until after the game, where they, you know, they said he had ligament damage and he was going to be out. Mm. So that was the game. I mean, if you want to talk about maybe where things kind of get wonky, this is a Chargers game. And now, I mean, look, the Broncos just got a pretty good one-two punch at wide receiver. So they're going to put a couple points on the board. I don't know. The Broncos are another conversation we could probably have another day as to just what exactly is the depth of their problems. Yeah. What the hell's you going know? on? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Should we fire yeah. the coach? Should we bring okay. in a new quarterback? Maybe draft a few running backs. I don't know. Is What the hell is the solution here? No, it does not seem to be working. It doesn't seem to be cohesive. And I love watching um, Lindsey run. He's, he's, he's deceptively fat. And in the open field, he'll just eat up yardage. But they really have not. I think they kind of have to make a decision at who the feature back is there. There's too much inconsistency, which is a, a very seemingly Denver Broncos thing to do. But, you know, um, they could be a hit or miss. The, the Rams may run into a problem with them, but I really don't think so. I think they're going to take them down. The 49ers yeah. are next, who are, I mean, they're just, they're sinking ship this season. Yes. Um, they got the Packers, who have no defense whatsoever to speak of. So no. anything, we're probably going to see a shootout. I mean, the Rams-Saints game, that's a game worth watching. That's the and game then, And I then you got a Rams-Chiefs gonna... game coming up on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I think that Rams-Saints game is the one to watch in terms of what exactly they made up. Because Drew Brees, if anything, is he's, I don't think he's met a defense yet, good or bad, that he can't light up. So... That's going to be one to watch, I think. But the Rams team, man, look, I've got them going rock solid until that Saints game. And if they beat the Saints, they got the Seahawks again. And I still look at the Seahawks game as kind of an aberration. But, you know, you can never really count Russell Wilson out. Yeah. And with this, in this division, divisional games, I mean, they go toe-to-toe. I don't care how good the Rams true. are. Very true. I look, man, I like the Rams. I, I'm, I'm putting them, I mean, not a bold... Exactly, I wouldn't call it a bull stand, but I'm I'm saying they're Super Bowl bound. I uh, dude, I don't think you're crazy to say that, man. I don't know if I'm ready to anoint them with that, but I mean, give me a few more weeks, I will be. <laughs> all right, dude, that's that's all we got, guys. It's time to get the hell out of here. Thank you very much for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Or just email me at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. Um, I'm really excited for this weekend's slate of games. I'm going to get the Eagles game out of the way first thing on Thursday night. Be on national TV. Won't be difficult for me to find it. And... Uh, Shaka, any specific plans for Sunday during your Jets game? Are you doing other things, or are you going to have an opportunity to actually watch it? I mean, look, man, I think the Jets game, well, I've been, you know what I did with this past Jets game is I like to have them recorded, and I can kind of come in and savor and really, you know, break down the footage. Nice. But, I mean, look, I expected to watch this Denver game and kind of cringe my way through you know, the the results. But I think every game this season is just going to be kind of, it's going to be a journey not just for the Jets, but for myself. And I I think the Colts game is going to be one where I, uh, I say it's a win we need to pick up in this division because after that you get the Vikings. And that's probably going to be, you know, a oh, shit show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I was gonna say a real test. <laughs> if I'm being if I'm being frank, and the Vikings are one of those teams. Just granted, they don't have Everson Griffin right now, and they're still a pretty ferocious defense. But to come so, full circle, they still have Linval Joseph, and he could run all over Linval you. Linval Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, you heard it here first. Thanks a lot for listening. We will see you next week. Enjoy this weekend slate of games. Take it easy. Bye bye. Have fun, guys. Enjoy the game.